This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time for Emergence News on Plains FM 96.9, citizen-made radio. Hello and welcome to Emergence News. We're coming to you from Plains FM and we are a radio program about the emergence of the world teacher. So I'm going to jump right into some background information. But before I do that, I will uh, introduce myself. My name is John. We have uh, Peter with us at the moment. Hello, Peter. Hello, John. How are you going there? Very good, thank you. And we also have Nigel with us. Hi, John. Great to be here. All right, so listen, background information on who we are, why we're here, and what is going on. So, all the great religions posit the idea of a further revelation to be given by a future teacher. Christians hope for the return of the Christ, and under the esoteric teachings, the Christ is a job, not necessarily a person, but certainly a role. The Buddhists look for the Maitreya Buddha, Uh, Muslims await the Iman Mahdi, Uh, Hindus reincarnation of Christia, and uh, uh, Judaism, the new Messiah. Esotericists know all of these different names for the same great being, the Lord Maitreya, the world teacher, the head of our planet's spiritual hierarchy. He also has the mantle of the Christ for this age and look for his imminent return now. Benjamin Kremen, the oracle, the most recent oracle in a line of oracles, starting with Blavatsky, Alice A. Bailey and Benjamin Krem, tells us that in July 1977, Maitreya emerged from his centre in the Himalayas. The Himalayas must be a really cool place because all of these guys live there, don't they? They hang out up there, don't they? (laughs) There must be some sort of club that we don't know about, Nigel. Well, it's pretty overpopulated if you think about Everest (laughs) these days. Oh, my goodness. Um... So he's emerged from a centre like a thief in the night, which I think is a quote from the Bible, and he's lived in London as a seemingly ordinary man concerned with the modern problems, political, economic, social, spiritual, environmental. Since March of 78, he's been known as a spokesperson for the Pakistani Indian community in London. He's not a religious leader, but an educator in the broadest sense. And he's come to us now not to do, but to show. He's going to show us the way, but we have to pick up the shovels, I guess, Nigel, and and do the work. But we have a great advisor and a great teacher. The interesting thing now is that uh, Maitreya manifested himself 2,000 years ago in Palestine by overshadowing his disciple Jesus, now the master disciple. But this time Maitreya comes as, a, as himself. Now, esotericism claims to sit behind all of those major religious teachings, philosophies. So there isn't an element, there is an element of glue in this story. And sometimes when we talk about it, we talk about it something old, something new, something borrowed, but I haven't found anything blue yet. But there is 
a common thread that will be very familiar to a lot of people when we talk about Maitreya. He doesn't come alone. He's the senior member of a group known in the East as the Masters of Wisdom. And as humanity's elder brothers, these enlightened men have inspired all the great human achievements age after age. Today, for the first time in 98,000 years, this is another staggering That's amazing, number. isn't it? Isn't 98,000 years. I was saying to someone recently that, according to esotericism, humanity's been on the planet for 18.5 million years. And they went, yeah, OK. And then they went, what? 18.5 million years. So basically, there's been civilizations come and go, Nigel, that we have no understanding knowledge of, right? Quite and, we're sp- and, and there's a process of evolution involved in there as well, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah. So, Peter, how many lifetimes do you think you've had in 18 and a half million years? Well, I don't know, but um, <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? Because, I mean, Benjamin Krem says we've had hundreds of thousands of lifetimes. Yes. Uh, and I've just come across something, actually, in um, um, uh, The Cosmic Fire by Alice Bailey, and they're talking about the 777 um, numbers uh, of lifetimes before you get to a point of um, initiation. So I don't know where that starts and finishes. I honestly don't. <laughs> when I was younger and when I thought these things were important, I sat down one day and kind of went, I think this is where I am on the bell curve. And I think before I get to the point where um, I no longer have to eat food to survive and I'm completely enlightened, I've got about another 13 lifetimes to go. Nigel, that could be 2,000 years. <laughs> well, we are slow learners. I'm a long way off perfection. <laughs> anyway, Maitreya's spiritual teaching. He comes to teach humanity the art of self-realization. The first steps are honesty of mind, sincerity of spirit, and detachment. Give those a go. We talk a lot about honesty of mind, sincerity of spirit, and detachment. Great starting point if you want to make some nice small steps changes in your life, Nigel. Oh, definitely. And as you said, we've covered those subjects, haven't we, Peter? Uh, detachment is is a common one on this program. And to learn how to detach yourself but still be involved in life, mm. yeah. th- there's a real art involved in that. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of people, you talk about it and they think deeply about it and they say, well, yes, that, that is true. That is something I need to do. Yeah. One of the, I was talking to a colleague today and I said, you don't have to believe what you believe. And then I suddenly went, boy, that's a little bit of detachment there, Johnny. Maybe I'm getting it. It's potentially <laughs> profound, John. <laughs> potentially profound. Anyway, my trio social concerns are reflected in his list of priorities. And one of the nice things that he brings us is this idea is every human interaction is, a, is that of a spiritual nature. So when we think about... Uh, supply of right food, adequate housing and shelter for all, healthcare and edu- education as universal rights, all of these interactions have a spiritual basis. Maitreya will advocate that the number one priority after ending the starvation of millions is saving the environment. Maitreya's message can be summed up in a few words, share and save the world. And that's about where we are because we can see polarities occurring all over the planet at the moment. So anyway, that's a brief introduction to what we're doing. We'll come back. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Benjamin Krem, who is the oracle for this uh, slice of esotericism. Nigel, what have you got for us? Well, over the last 140 years, and very much you and Peter are going to cover that uh, timeline um, 
deeply but briefly. But I'm going to, after that, I'm just going to take a quick look at some of the major themes that have come out of that period, such as a new teacher is coming, momentous news, the spiritual hierarchy, uh, meditation, concepts that perhaps back when we were growing up in the 60s and 70s weren't exactly um, round-the-table conversation. Right. Absolutely. Thank you. Peter, what are you going to come to us with? Yes, well, I'm just going to do a brief um, overview of the the thinking and the what led up to Blavatsky's uh, um, bringing out the books which started off the, um, the return to the esoteric history and uh, expansion of those, those sort of ideas and, and uh, going on to Ellis Bailey. Perfect. Thank you very much. We'll be back shortly. Okay, Peter, we've been given the nod by our producer, the lovely Laura. You notice how I swung that together, yes, the lovely yeah. Laura? That's right. I'm did. one of the few men I know that can actually say I have a producer. Uh, Peter, what have you got for us? Right, well, I just wanted to um, look at the uh, thinking that was going on in the 19th century. Um, it was sort of a, a great revival, really, of uh, science I mean, and mechanics. I remember reading a story about John Kelly. And he was he had a machine that actually could he could start with a uh, the tone of a violin, a harmonic tone, and f- finish it with a turn the machine off with a discord. And um, he was sort of about the middle of the nineteenth century. There, there was um, Hegel actually, and uh, he had a great saying there. He said, "Does the clamour of the day." and the deafening babble of opinion leave any room for sympathy with the passionless stillness of a science of pure thought. And I think today we are sort of so busy with our thoughts going every which way that we often don't make time for deep thought. And, of course, we had Karl Marx come in in that uh, period, and, of course, his idea was... uh, you know, very materialistic, and he said, in fact, that religion is the opiate of the people. But um, further on, Blavatsky, of course, came through with the amazing books Isis Unveiled and The Secret Doctrine. Mm-hmm. And they bring to light the ancient wisdom teachings. Yeah. And these had been protected by the guardians in the Himalayas from the ravages of time and vandals. Born in Russia and well-educated, she travelled to various places and spent much time in India and met with some masters in the lower Himalayas. And in many of her writings showed that all religions started from the same source and that all souls are part of a brotherhood of souls and beyond religion or place of birth. And, of course, the Lord Maitreya says over and over again, that we are brothers and sisters, all coming from the same father. Mm. And, uh, of course, next we have Alice Bailey coming through, and she was actually came through from the Theosophical Society. I think they had a bit of a difference of opinion about some of the things that were going on. Yeah, not unusual uh, in those societies, Peter, to have differences of opinions. <laughs> it's still right. going on. Think, you know, some of them sort of crystallise a bit and uh, sort of get uh, 
hung up on the uh, dogma and the rituals and all those sort of things. But they and, did serve an important purpose yeah, in the late yeah. 1800s, early 1900s yeah. to, for, yeah. to help release this information to humanity. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I mean, her first book actually was in 1919. And, of course, she didn't want to get involved with the master. He, he sort of... Um, uh, told her that he needed her to do some books for him, and uh, she was completely against the idea. It, it took him some time to uh, yeah. convince her that what she was going to be doing was important, and uh, definitely what she'd come in to actually do. So I think that uh, her first book, Initiation, Human and Solar, and oh, yes. over the next 25 years, there were a total of 18 books, Mm-hmm. Plus, of course, she produced uh, her own books. Um, I think there is probably about 28 books altogether, including some of the ones that are compilations of earlier works and that sort of thing. But uh, absolutely um, spellbinding sort of um, yes, yeah. range of, uh, you know, the things that she was talking about. And, of course, he, he was um, overshadowing her uh, mentally, which is the same method, really, that um, has been done with Benjamin Krim. He was overshadowed by Maitreya, wasn't he, with yeah. um, uh, 140 messages that he brought through. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you listen to even one of them, you will realise that it comes from a high place indeed. Right, these, yeah. are, these are just not trivial um, uh, messages at all. And they, and they transcend time, don't they? They transcend the moment that they're given. Uh, we quote them often on this program, and and some of them are back in the in the mid eighties, late eighties, late. Yeah, that's right. They're over forty years old, and yeah. they're more relevant now than they were back then. I know it's it's amazing. Mm. It's amazing how yeah. topical they are, Peter. So you're right; they are words of wisdom that clearly uh, enunciate the human condition. Yes. Well, I mean, um, so they all they all talk about actually the return of the masters and the teacher and. Uh, of course, the last book um, that Bailey wrote was uh, in '49, and that's when the year she died, I think. But um, of course, Maitreya decided to come through in 1945, was it? Yes, 45. Yeah. Yeah, I think he he brought through the um, the Great Invocation in uh, 1947 or something like that. Anyway. But um, quite early, uh, just after the, the Second World War, of course. And uh, the theme of brotherhood is in this uh, Ellis Valley book, Cosmic Fire. And um, I'll just read you a little bit out of that, just to give you an idea of, the, um, of what it's about. They talk about the, um, the souls are identical with the oversoul. And he says, this relationship between all souls and the oversoul constitutes the basis for the scientific belief in brotherhood. Brotherhood is a fact in nature, not an ideal. In other words, it's a basic thing, yes. if you like. Yeah. And um, we, we see it as an ideal, of course, but mm-hmm. it is actually... It's the template uh, of life. Yes, it's, it's sort of a scientific belief in, in brotherhood. It's mm-hmm. a fact. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's um, a lot of this stuff. Of course, you look at um, Cosmic Fire, it's a large uh, book, a weighty tome, as they say, yeah. about 1,500 pages. So it covers a lot of uh, esoteric philosophy. 
and uh, that sort of thing. But basically, it's sort of a prelude to Benjamin Krem's work. Great. And the emergent Bill Motorola himself. It's a lovely segue because I'm going to tick off Benjamin Krem a little bit later on in the program, Peter. So why don't we uh, take a break and we'll come back and hear what Nigel's got to say. This is the Emergence News on Plains FM. For more information, go to shareinternational.org. Look, uh, great to hear from Peter. Um, really got me thinking about some of the stuff he's talking about. I remember reading uh, Peter, Initiation, Human and Solar. About 98% of it went over my head. But the title, Initiation, Human and Solar, they're related. Oh, no. <laughs> I know, it's frightening. It's frightening. Our potential is frightening. But anyway, we're going to go to Nigel. Nigel, what have you got? Well, look, we're, we've dedicated this program to the, the background story behind this program, Emergence News. And over the last 140 years, the cosmic and hierarchy energies and information, mind-belt information that's been released to humanity have included or revealed some quite major themes uh, such as the news that a new world teacher is coming, and that's major. That's 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 a, and as John has indicated earlier, that is not new new news to many of the major religions. Right. But it's not something that globally we talk about much, mm-hmm. and the media aren't really interested that there's a new world teacher for the next two and a half thousand years. So that's what this program's all about. We talk about this new teacher that's coming, Maitreya. We also talk about the existence of the planet's spiritual hierarchy, the meaning of life, including such concepts as rebirth, the laws of life, self-realisation and meditation. These are just a few subjects or concepts that were not common language before the late 70s, early Mm. 80s. Yeah. So, okay, Peter's already touched on the theosophical work, the, the theosophical works of Blavatsky, Leadbeater, Alice Bailey, and the Agni Yoga teachings. But, of course, there were some rather well-known and colourful swamis that travelled from the east to the west to further open our eyes, such as Yogananda, Maharishi, and Mahatma Gandhi. Now, these individuals and many more, such as Steiner and Krishnamurti, have established a real momentum Yeah, great point, Nigel. That 140 years later continues to provide some answers if we lift the stone and have a good close look at what's underneath, why humanity now finds itself in such chaos. Mm -hmm. Now, in March 1983, an author called Benjamin Krem first published a book called Transmission, a Meditation for the New Age. At that time, it comprised 80 pages. Yeah. 23 years later, five editions later, it was published in 2003, containing more than twice that number of pages. So here in the West, meditation, which was once viewed as some strange mystical technique, has now become widely accepted as a useful, effective method to release stress and find some peace in this busy world and even promote well-being and better health. Mm-hmm. So gone are the days when traditional prayer was the only form of quiet contemplation. There are now dozens of meditation techniques available yeah. for us to try out for ourselves. It's common knowledge, common language. People talk about meditation a lot. People talk about a vegetarian diet a lot. These are, as you say, ideas that in the 80s were, were anathema to your average Kiwi. That's right. 
I remember when the word meditation was first mentioned to me at the age of 11 or 12. It was a brand new word. Yeah. You know, you talk about meditation now to the children, they've all heard of the concept. Yeah. It's even taught in some schools or encouraged. Yeah. Just sticking with Benjamin Krem for a moment, there was Good, another. Because I'm going to come back to him. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's your favourite subject. He is isn't my favourite subject. As well as the producer. <laughs> back in 2008, Benjamin Krem published a small book, a small book by his standards, entitled The Awakening of Humanity. Here's a couple of interesting quotes that endorse what we've covered so far. Krem says Suddenly, men and women will realise that their life till now was a shallow thing, lacking. Ooh. For the majority, all that makes life dear, brotherhood and justice, creativity and love. He also says, and this is quite sobering, he also says, before long, men and women everywhere will engage themselves in the work of reconstruction and the rehabilitation of the world. Looking after the poor and hungry will take priority. And so will end forever the blasphemy in our midst. Millions will know for the first time the quiet happiness of satisfied need. That's a lovely mm. lovely use of words, mm. isn't it? The yep. quiet happiness of satisfied need. So no more will the dying forms of the starving grace the TV and high-tech screens of the affluent. No longer will men and women watch their brothers and sisters dying before their eyes. So will end a dark chapter in the history of humanity. Yeah. But just before I go, John, yes. another but very obvious concept is the existence of the spiritual hierarchy. Now, this is a group of planet custodians who serve the plan of evolution of the human and subhuman kingdoms. And this subject, it's always been a personal favourite of mine because this information provides conclusive evidence that there is much science that has not yet been made available to humanity. Behind the scenes, these masters work on our behalf and through us to correctly use the energy that we refer to as knowledge. Our science and technology are the direct result of our ability today to manifest that energy that's been poured into us over many years. Think about it. 2,000 years ago, we could not do this. 2,000 years ago, humanity mm. was in a very different place. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. have actually progressed quite significantly. Yeah. The masters transmit this energy all the time. They are the custodians of the destiny of this planet. So you and I are in the very safe hands of the masters of wisdom. And that's a message of hope we all need to hear and ponder on during these troubled times on planet Earth. And it's a really important message for us here at Emergence News to make sure that we keep that at the forefront of our work because it is a message of hope. Times are bad. Times are difficult. There is hope. And there's high tension out there. Right. Now, getting back to the book, Transmission Meditation. It and other books by Benjamin Krem are available to download free from the Share International website. So I recommend you go and have a look. Peter, we're going to take a break and then we'll come back and do a bit of a wrap-up. Thanks, Nigel. Okay, look, we're just going to wrap up the program. I'm going to finish with a little bit of information about Benjamin Krem. And it's from the Share International website, and it's called Benjamin Krem, A Messenger of Hope. Now, he's a British artist and longtime student at Vesoteric Philosophy, and he became the principal source for the information about the emergence of Maitreya, the world teacher. He was born in Scotland in 1922 and began studying art at a very early age. 
and had a number of styles of paintings and has been exhibited in prestigious galleries in a number of countries. Throughout his early years, he studied various aspects of esoteric philosophy, in particular the teachings of Helena Blavatsky and the Theosophical Society, which Peter's touched on, more recently Alice A. Bailey. And so some observers have put Krem as the third oracle, Blavatsky, Bailey and Krem. Although these teachings led him to believe to the existence of the Masters of Wisdom, uh, the custodians of the divine plan for this planet, as Nigel's pointed out, it came as a complete surprise to him when in 1959, that's 1959 people, an awful long time ago, he was contacted by one of the masters. Told at the time, among other things, that Maitreya, the world teacher, would return in about 20 years. So more than a decade later, in 1972, he began a period of arduous training under his master. And like Bailey, he was a reluctant starter. Yes. Yes. Wasn't he? Yep. Yeah. Especially when the master said, now, it's all very well that, you know, you're talking to 300 people in London about this work, this news. You need to go global here. And, and Benjamin Krem said, but I'm a painter. I'm a painter. I'm an author. <laughs> not a house painter. Well, I'm not a public a painter. He had to become a public speaker overnight. Yes. So he started, 75, he started this lecturing by invitation throughout Europe, did his first tour in the States in 1980. 80s, he did lecture tours Eastern Europe, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, Peter. New Zealand, what year did he come here to New Zealand? I think it must have been uh, 79. Um, yeah, 79. And I, I think I, I came back to New Zealand in 88 and I went to a meeting that you put on with Benjamin Krem. Must have been 89 or 90? Yes, yes, it was the second time that he came yes. with, uh, on with our restaurant at the time. Yeah. Yep. Did he enjoy your cuisine, Peter? Uh, well, no, we didn't actually have any food uh, that night. We closed the restaurant for food service and uh, devoted it to Benjamin Krem. So, listen, Benjamin Krem's an interesting guy. I've had the pleasure of meeting him a number of times. And when you read this story, you expect a being of great stature and power. Actually, he's a really lovely man with a cheeky sense of humour and a degree of warmth that's actually uh, really unusual and really pleasant to be around. But anyway, he started writing books. This is a guy that considers himself an artist. He's lecturing and writing books by now. Now, he toured the country and he started also the Share International magazine, which then the, the spin-off, the website, arrived, uh, a monthly magazine focused on economic, social and spiritual. So the magazine appears in more than 70 countries. Benjamin Krem received no payment for this work, made no claims about his own spiritual status, and did everything for free. His final words are, My job, Krem says, has been to make the initial approach to the public to help create a climate of hope and expectancy. If I can do that, I'll be well pleased. And that, dear listeners, is the role of Emergence News and Nigel and Peter and myself. Thanks, guys. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. All this information can be found on the Share International website, www.share-international.org. And also don't forget the podcasts, which are available on the Plains FM website. We welcome your comments, questions and feedback. Please contact us at emergencenews at gmail.com. Emergence News.